You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and in this small town, I'm lost in your eyes because I'm addicted to love. Well, the power of love makes me mad about you, but hold on. I'm the only one that can take my breath away. I'm never gonna give you up. So please forgive me because I need to hit me. I need you to hit me with your best shot. I think we're alone now. I'm the only one. So if all I need is a miracle, you keep me hanging on. So as I always say, nothing's gonna stop us now. Joining us today are the usual Maniac Mondays who show their true colors, including Kevin into the Mystic Pizza, Jager. Yes, I got the good one. <laughs> uh, Kimberly, our girls just want to have fun game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour, is actually on maternity leave from Broad Wasted. Um, so she's actually babysitting. She's like, yeah. I guess. I don't I don't know. I guess she's I, I guess. A- permanently babysit like yeah i know uh we we uh yeah our 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 original intro came true and with us is an actress and playwright with the show the cottage coming to broadway july 24th you also may have seen her adaptations of dear world clue mystic pizza let's give a big broad wasted welcome to friend of the show friend of the show sandy rustin hey guys that was an incredible intro of mystic pizza songs Yes. Anyway, let's get started with what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Um, Is that a question for me? Everyone, everybody. You start, Sandy. Well, I currently don't have a beverage in front of me. But if I did, it would be, let's see. Right now, I think I would like a a Hendrix gin and tonic with a slice of lemon. Ooh. That's very Very Kimberly kind of drink. She would love that. Kimberly's a big gin fan. Yeah, um, it is summertime, so I'm back to making my uh, pitcher of margaritas that I leave in my fridge, just in case. <laughs> um, so <laughs> perfect that this was right now when I needed it. Beautiful. Um, I have bullet rye on the rocks. Ooh, and a that fancy glass. Yeah. yeah, wedding registry fancy glass. <laughs> Last night I was at a place and people were drinking... Um, Bullet bourbon with peach puree. 
mixed in. Ooh. And it was delicious. That sounds great. Was it like a signature cocktail of this yeah. place? That I think it was. Amazing. Yeah. It had a cool name, but now I can't remember what it was. That, that sounds, sounds delicious. Am- yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so let's just start. What's your favorite musical? My favorite musical is The Secret Garden. No hesitation. Just full on oh. new. Oh, man. That I, was I like wild. remember what I was wearing and where I was when I saw the national tour when it came to Chicago. I just thought it was magic. The Secret Garden was my favorite book as a girl. My dad read it aloud to me when yeah. I was, I think I was seven years old when he read it out loud to me. And I just love, love, loved it. And then the, the fact that they turned it into a musical was like astounding to me. I thought it was so beautiful. Wow. I, it's been a while since somebody has not stuttered or hesitated before saying their favorite musical. That was, um, that was just so small, but that was awesome. You just totally okay. committed. You didn't I even give, it. you didn't even give like the pageant pause where you're like, oh, but there's so many good ones to choose from. Like, I mean, there are so many good ones, but you asked my favorite, and that's like that Secret it. Garden is like deep in my heart. Yeah. So here's here's a question that we kind of ask people. We don't kind of, we do ask people. Um, do you think that it's possible that anything would ever supersede your favorite? at this point in life, like, cause you have nostalgia, a lot associated with that. Is there any way that something could like really overtake that or you wouldn't even consider that you, you it would create kind of a new memory and be separate from that? That's a great question. And, and I, I, I love that question because I have seen a million musicals since I saw the secret garden that mm-hmm. I could say were my favorite musical. Like I love musicals. So I could list a hundred musicals that I love, love, love. But there was something about that first time of seeing the secret garden that just made it an unbelievable experience that I just loved. So yeah, I don't know. I think the secret garden is just like my, going to be my lifelong fave and there'll be like a million other ones that'll come my way that I'll love for different reasons. But God, I loved that show. Yeah. I will say my mom, uh, I, we saw it on tour as well when I was younger and my mom still to this day will talk about, she's like, I will never forget that scene where they passed like the red scarf to give like the cop, like she was like, that was such a beautiful way to explain what was happening, but also make it like a loose to a child who's now our, she, it, like she loved that moment too. Like it really yeah. is such a great show. I will remember being so struck part of the set design when I, I don't know if they did this in the Broadway production. They probably did, but they had um, the outline shape of the mansion. And every time the characters moved to a different room or a different location, the, the it lit up in different places. And it was like subtle. It was like just above the action mm-hmm. of the stage. It wasn't overbearing. I just thought it was so cool. <laughs> My team love was kind of, I love when those kind of things come together and you're just like an amazing performance and a great script, but like those little nuances behind it that just make it so powerful. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you think to yourself, like, is that stupid or is that brilliant? Because I like, it seems so simple that, but like, it's so effective. Like I, I, how, where do I fall? Like, where does that fall in my brain? I've seen that uh, like, like little, little details that you, that like, someone else might miss, but you would catch you're like, is this brilliance? I think yeah. it is. Oh, I thought it was all brilliant. Yeah. I was, I was like on board with that musical. Totally. Uh, well, let's talk about you. Um, 
I'm I'm very curious because you started out as an actress and 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 kind of more transitioned into the writing. Um, I guess talk about that transition, but also like, are you do you do both now? Is it mostly just the writing? I, I'd love to hear your journey because it's fascinating. Sure, thanks. So. I grew up in Chicago and I always had a dual focus in performance and writing. Like in my high school, they had an opportunity. They did a big student written musical every year. And by the time I was a senior, I was the head writer of that musical, but I was also in it. Um, Same thing. I went to Northwestern in Chicago and Mm -hmm. I had a dual focus there in writing and performance. There's a big student written musical there called the Wamu Show. And I would be in it and also help to write it. And I was part of sketch comedy shows and improv comedy shows. And that was just sort of my world growing up all the way through college. And when I moved to New York, I got my first job was the week I moved. I got cast the week I moved to New York as Sandy in the national tour of Greece. Um, So that was my first job. So I left New York. I did this tour for a year. I moved back to New York and I was working as an actor in New York for a while. And it wasn't really till I became a parent. I was, I think I was 20. Yeah. I was 29 years old when I had my first son. Um, and I was like shocked to discover that I loved something more than theater <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I had this baby. Like, oh no, what do I do? So I took some time off. I had been understudying a play. I was understudying Molly Ringwald in a play that James Lapine was directing. It was a Daniel Goldfarb play called Modern Orthodox. And I was supposed to go back into the show. I was going to take a little maternity leave, kind of like mm-hmm. your friend, um, and then go back. And I didn't want to after I had the baby. So I stayed home for a bit and then um, I got started to get creatively itchy when he was like six or seven months old. So I went to Upright Citizens Brigade for fun, just to take improv and comedy classes again um, and sketch writing. And I was doing all that stuff for no for no reason other than to sort of scratch my own creative itch, I guess. And while I was there in a sketch writing class, I started writing sketches that evolved into my first professional show, which was Rated P for Parenthood. Um, and it was a, Rated P is a show that it's a sketch comedy musical that goes from conception to college drop off. But when I first started writing it, I was just writing a bunch of sketches about being a young mom. Mm-hmm. And Zach Woods, who's now famous, but at the time was just my teacher at UCB, cool. um, was super encouraging and was like, you should, you know, go, go for it. Um, and so that was really, it was really when my oldest son, Isaac, was a baby that I started to write and take myself seriously as a writer and consider that as a, as an option and like a dual focus. And now that baby is 17 and going to college in a couple months. So I guess it's been <laughs> a little while. And along the way, I, you know, I still have, um, I still have a big voiceover career. You know, I, I do a bunch of voiceover stuff and every once in a while I'll go back and do eight shows a week when the timing's right. Um, and you know, maybe in a few years, once, once I'm totally an empty nester, I'll go back and perform again. But for now I'm really loving writing. It's been a a really good way to, um, have the parenting schedule that I wanted and also have a life in the theater. How did you find your way into book writing for musicals? That seems so like niche and, and I know your love for musicals. Like how did you find yourself there? Yeah. I mean, that was sort of where I began. Like mm-hmm. I was writing the sketches for the musical in high school, the sketches for the musical in college. Then my first show that I wrote were sketches for a musical that I was writing with friends from friends that I had known in New York. Um, so it just was sort of how I got my feet wet was writing the book to musicals um, and actually evolved from there to write plays without music. So I started writing musicals. Well, I mean, and we have to say that, so so your adaptation of Clue 
is one of the top produced plays of the 2022-2023 season, which is like crazy and super cool. No, like that's amazing. Like, thanks. It is I don't even. I don't even know the question to ask. Like, I know. I don't even know what to say about it. it <laughs> I think Clue was sort of a perfect storm of being um, a title that's so recognizable. It's a board game. It's a film that people love. People know those characters. So it, the title itself is instantly recognizable. Mm. The show, when when it, the show first sort of took off, it was right after the pandemic when everyone was just hungry for a stupid laugh. And yeah. that is what Clue provides. Um you know, it's like murder mystery comedy at its most fun, at its most heightened. Um, sure. And we had a great time putting it together and putting it on. So I think it was just sort of like the confluence of a whole bunch of different things that made it the right moment in our in our time to put that on the stage. That's super cool. What a what a what a cool title to have. Like it, like what a weird, awesome notch to have on your belt. Like I mean, that's theater. Like your show is being like. Uh, everyone is smiling because they're seeing your show. Like what an amazing accomplishment and, and feeling that must be. Well, that's so nice of you to say it has been, um, I'll tell you my most favorite part about my involvement with clue has been over this last year. Um, it's, it's being produced in high schools all over the world. And sure. I have started to do zoom sessions with the kids, like, the, cool. I, you know, I love kids and so it's been amazing. I've seen all female casts, all male casts, all, you know, all sorts of interesting ways that high schools have put on this show. People put on the show with like three people and 20 people and, you know, they just make it their own. Um, all sorts of cool set designs. It's been awesome. I've loved it. That's very, very cool. Um, do you know where else there are lots of set designs? Where? <laughs> Dude, I'm so Dude, sorry, everyone. Days in the corner with, with Kevin. It's Kevin's Corner. <laughs> Great transition, as always. Welcome to Kevin's Corner, which is my corner of the show where I get to do whatever I want, which is why it's the best corner of the show. Um, and so today, I thought, since uh, since you were a mother, uh, how many children do you have? I have two boys, 14 and 17. Ah, okay, so you have boys, so I think this will still work. Okay. okay. So I do not personally have children. But um, I worked as uh, I worked with kids for a lot growing up, and now my sisters both have children. Uh, but mostly because of my niece and uh, my two nephews, I have been exposed to a ton of children's television and like children's made for like TV movies or made for streaming movies and all these things like that. So I have some questions for you about your experience as an adult watching children programs okay i'll do my best it's been a while because now they mostly just watch the yankees oh right because they're adults but like this is even better because you were watching stuff in a different time this is great okay, okay great. so question number one is can you remember any music or like songs in some of their shows that like were way better than they should have been for this like 45 minute direct to video kind of situation Oh God, there was this one song. I can't believe I can't remember it right now. Um, it was a spelling song. I mean, I'll think I'll try to think of it before the end of the show. Um, God, there were so many. All those songs were good. I mean, they have really good composers that work on those shows. 
right? It, it's insane because like right now, like like my niece was like told me about this show that's now on um I think it's on Netflix. Okay. And it's uh Ridley Jones is the name of the show, and it's like a cartoon show of this little girl. And Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the music is written by the composers of the prom. Like it's like so it's like Broadway Tony nominated Tony winning composers are like writing these songs for these kids shows. And then it's, it's uh, the girl who just won the Tony for um, uh, uh, the, a, a lot of sports set musical. Jagged Little uh, Poe. Yes. The girl who won the Tony for that is like, she sings the theme song. Yeah. Like, as soon as like my, I sit down with my niece to watch this show and the, the the song starts and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Why is this girl mixed belting a C right at the beginning of this song in my face? Like, they're Love it. They're really good. good songs. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, it's 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 really insane. And then also like my nephew is super into um like Sonic the Hedgehog. And like some of these some of the, like the stuff it's just really really funny. When um, my um when my younger son was little, he was obsessed with Handy Manny, like obsessed. I don't even know if Handy Manny is still on, but um one day something broke in our house and we had like a fix it man came. And so a man showed up at the door with like a tool belt on and he had a hat on like, and Charlie just stood in the doorway, like starstruck, like the moat, like it was a famous <laughs> and he was like, mommy, handy Manny is here. And he just <laughs> followed the guy around as the guy fixed his stuff. It was amazing. Oh my God. That is incredible. Um, Okay. Another thing, uh, my mom often says things to me where she's like, she says something and five seconds later, she's like, I literally never thought that I would ever say that sentence in my life. But here we are as a mother saying like, like, as I, I watched a woman on the subway the other day, look at her kid and say, don't lick the pole. And she That's just funny. like, and I like caught her eyes. She was just like, so like, what are some of the things that are like the most ridiculous things that you never thought you'd have to say to another human, but you find out as a mother, you have to. Say oh my to God. That's, that's a great question. God, I don't know, but I can tell you what I say to them every single morning when they leave my house. Mm-hmm. So every morning since they've, since they've gone to school, I think, I mean, for many years, I tell them to be a mensch on their way out. That's all I say. I say, be a mensch on their way out the door. And I always feel like that is something that I never thought I would scream, literally like scream out the door as they're on their way. But it's just like a reminder to like do good and be kind in the world every day. I love and, that. It's on, and it's on the top of your website, right? <laughs> I am. I'm, I do. I say I'm an actress, a writer, and I'm raising mensches. <laughs> Those are my three jobs. Oh my god, that's incredible! Um, what is the most obscure talent that your child or one of your children like ended up showing that you would never would have expected? My niece is like quadruple jointed, so my sister's going to all these like gymnastics events, and she's like, "I didn't do gymnastics. None of us did gymnastics. Like, where did this come from?" Yeah. Um. So my older son, it he he has an unbelievable ability to do sound effects, vocal sound effects. It's not singing. It's like, um, like when he was little, he could do like, he could imitate just any sort of any sound here, hear a pigeon, do a pigeon, do a rocket ship, do a motorcycle, whatever. And it would always take us by surprise because it was so, so wildly accurate. He doesn't do it so much anymore. I should remind him of that. Now you have like, to, 
You'll have to make him watch the Police Academy movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we used to joke that he was going to be like that guy. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. That's amazing. That guy had a career. I mean, yeah. he was a career. Yeah. Um, and then my last question is uh, a gift to Kimberly that she'll hear since she's not with us today. But as a mother, um, what would be your big piece of advice to another creative mother in the world who's about to start navigating the creative realm while also being a mom? Yeah. Um, I think the, the biggest piece of advice that I would share in that department is that you can have it all, but you cannot have it all at the same time. I think that's a myth and a misnomer that women are told that you can have it all. Um, I think it's actually a harmful thing to tell to young moms because being a parent full-time is a full-time task and it is really hard to divide your attention and divide your attention well. So I, you know, I absolutely, I think it's no mistake that my first Broadway show is opening the same week that my oldest son turns 18. Because I feel like, yeah, as long as it took to raise a whole man, that's how long it took to simultaneously try to pursue this one particular dream. And I think, um, for, for young women who are starting out and building their families, like go for it, do it all, but give yourself time and space. It's never too late. You know, take your time with your kids, take your time with your career, get help. You know, that those are the, those are the main things. Couldn't have done it on my own for sure. I love that. And with yeah. that, we'll end on a nice and sweet version of Kevin's Corner. I liked Kevin's Corner. You did very well. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> it was all those classes at Upright Citizens Brigade. You were ready for it to get through it, chat. Oh, good. It's amazing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um. Oh, since you talked about that, can we really quick talk about, like, what was... Were you ever in a scenario where it was just, like, going so well, like, the scene that, like... You just... Like, like what was, like, your high point of that? Like, because I know, like... You know, as like a um, when you're doing improv comedy, there's oh. like like there's like a night where like everybody's on and you just like super nail it. Do you have that like one yes, like? Definitely. Well, so um, I've done a bunch of improv since I've lived in New York, but the t- the two main improv shows that I lo- like really just loved and relished every time I got to get, go on stage. One was a show called Gravid Water, which was a monthly show at Upright Citizens Brigade that I was in the last Monday of every month, almost, almost every month for like 10 years until they closed with the pandemic. Mm. And in that show, the actors would memorize 
um, scripted lines in the order that they appeared in a scene. And then the improvisers didn't know what the scene was and they could say anything, but you could only stick to the script and you'd have to make it make sense with whatever the, and they would have celebrity guest improvisers. And um, I have a million stories from those shows, like so many highlight moments, but I think perhaps my favorite was there was a night when I was partnered with Chevy Chase on, on stage and we did this scene together and it was, it was, it was just like magical where it seemed like we were finishing each other's sentences and it was very, very exciting. So that was super fun. And then the other show, um, when Isaac, my older son, when he was a baby, I was in uh, this show called Don't Quit Your Night Job, which we used to do in New York, which was like Saturday Night Live for the Broadway community. So it was after show time. We did it mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock at night. Um, we did it in a bunch of different places, but one of the places was Ha Comedy Club. Sure. Um, and it was so fun. We, you know, all, whoever was starring in whatever Broadway show at the time would come in and be our guest. And we would play games with them. Um, and it was just, it, that was just a great show. It was such a tight knit community and it was so much fun to be a part of that at that time. So yeah, I guess those were my two highlight improv experiences in New York City. So awesome. Cool. And you're, um, about to have, you're about to have another one. Yeah. Like a, like an improv, but a highlight New York City moment. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the cottage is opening on Broadway on July 24th. Um, I don't know. Like, how are you feeling? Tell us a little bit about the show. I know it's being directed by uh, Livingston, New Jersey native, uh, um, Jason Alexander. Um, And uh, I don't know. Tell us a little bit about, about the show, your feelings. I want to hear it all. Okay. Um, well, my feeling is I'm so excited and so happy. It's just so much fun to have, to have a dream like this come true at this age is really thrilling. So I, it just feels like all good and all joy. Um, the show, I actually wrote the show about 10 years ago. Um, I'm a huge Noel Coward fan and, um, I had been in a Noel Coward play in college. I played Sorrel Bliss and Hay Fever and I loved Mm -hmm. it. It was such a fun experience. And so when I set out to write a play after Rated P had closed, I really wanted to write a play without music. And I thought, well, what if I tried to write a show that's sort of in the style of Noel Coward, but one in which it has a more feminist bent where the women rule the roost? What would happen if I tried to, to do that? And what would a Noel Coward genre look like through my sort of contemporary feminist lens? What kind of show is that? And um yeah, that and that, so I so I wrote the first draft of the cottage, and then it's been kicking around for a long time. It's a six-person play. Uh, it takes place in 1923 on the British countryside, um, and it is like a comedy of manners. I would say it's a bedroom comedy of manners. So sure. you know, lots of lots of couples, lots of mixing and matching. But at its core, the show is about marriage and fate and loyalty and love and feminism. I would say. Um, and th- that's, those are the themes that are explored in the play. So even though it does feel like a light, fun, uh, hopefully laugh out loud evening for our audiences, there's also, um, I think you also walk away well, um, with some things to think about too. So that makes me happy too, but it's been amazing. And Jason Alexander has been an incredible collaborator and um, we're, we have our first rehearsal a week from today. That's exciting. Yeah. So I'm thrilled. And uh friend of the show, Lily Cooper, is in it? Yes? Yes. Yeah, she is. She's amazing. She's just, I cannot wait for people to see her in this show. Oh, She's that's so, so great. great. Yeah. And the, the like, uh, 
the like home wholesome cartoon kind of like artwork that I've seen in some of the advertisement. It's so cool. Oh, thanks. I can't take any credit for any of the advertising. <laughs> I'm glad that you like it. That makes me happy. Yeah, it looks great. It really is very, because I get a lot of like the mailers and stuff and it looks great. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I'm excited about it all. It's so cool. And That's Laura fantastic. Bell, a classic Laura musical Bundy. theater diva. Oh my gosh. She's going to be amazing. She's playing Sylvia. She's, yeah, it's exciting. So it's, it's Laura Bell Bundy and she's opposite Eric McCormack. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Bo. Alex Moffat plays Clark. Um, Nihal Joshi plays Richard. And Dana Sangold plays Deirdre. And I think that's it. I think I've told you everybody. That's amazing. So as a writer, like you've gotten to know these characters very well. They're all a part of you. Some of them are not a part of you. Like, I guess, I guess, like, what's it like on this level being able to like watch other people embody these characters who have been with you for such a long time? Yeah, it's the best. I mean, I feel like because I grew up as a performer and especially in improv comedy, it, it, to me, theater is such a collaborative sport it, it, that when I'm writing, it feels really lonely. Like my least favorite part of theater making is when I'm solo in a room with my ideas by myself. And my most favorite part is when I get into the room and it's like, it's as if I've put the first layer of paint down and that's the script. And then mm-hmm. all these other amazing painters come in and and paint on top of it and make it into an incredible mural that's how it feels to me um so i this part when walking into the rehearsal rooms for me is the most exciting stage um of course then sharing it with an audience is like the best the best but yeah i mean it's amazing to watch people step into worlds and roles that you've crafted and make it their own and bring to it things you couldn't have imagined on your own you know it's like extra imaginations the best yeah and as as the writer what's your role in the rehearsal room so that's a great question i think it's different for every writer and i think for me it's been different on every project um for the cottage um jason and i have been really collaborative from the beginning um together on this the way this project came to jason was he was feeling ready to make his broadway debut as a director and we had the same agency and he went to the agency and said what you got? Send me some comedies that are ready for Broadway. And they did. They sent him a bunch of plays and he gravitated towards this one. And cool. we met over Zoom or maybe we had a phone call first. And then I flew out to L.A. and we met in person and um, we just clicked. And so since then, we have been really talking through every moment and, and all the different um, technical components and casting and all those things has felt like a true, generous collaboration between the two of us, which has been such a gift. So I think on the cottage, I think we'll be, you know, in the room together. And of course, he's directing the show. But I think if I have ideas, he's open to hearing them and vice versa. Um, And so that feels like a really exciting, warm environment to be stepping into for my first Broadway experience, which is awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I Um, think so, too. Yeah. So, um July 24th, go and see it. We will put a link in the description uh, so you can get your tickets uh, for The Cottage. Uh, So check it out. We're very excited for you and very happy for you. Congrats on all this amazing success. It's so, so cool. Thanks, Brian. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Should we play a game? Yeah. I love games. Let's play a game. Okay. Okay. Kevin, 
Does Kevin, today, Kevin is our game master. I am. Kimberly's usually our game master, and she comes up with some really awesome games. So today, we're going to see what I can do here. So um, you had uh, we talked earlier about how you wrote the play Clue, um, which is extremely popular this season. So I thought, why don't we take the six characters of Clue? Um, we're getting rid of Mr. Body and the butler and all those, so we're just focusing on like, the six like suspect characters of Clue. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of uh, go in a circle and try to figure out who, like, musical theater character, not musical theater actor, but, like, character we think is most like the Clue character. So, oh, like, that's fun. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sandy, we'll start with you. Okay. And you, can, you can pick any of the six to start with, and we're going to kind of, like, try to figure out who we think, what musical theater character each of us thinks matches that person the most. Okay, let's start with Mr. Green. Okay. Mr. Green, businessman. uh, Are we going with, like, the... Okay, so you can take it however you want. Let's think it... You get, like, five seconds to think, and then we're going to say who we think musical theater world would be a great Mr. Green. Okay. And we're talking characters from shows. Correct. Characters from shows. Like that character would play Mr. Green in the stage production of Clue. Do you need me to or, say what the character's like in Clue? Yes, that'd be great for and so that okay. people can listen and play along. Okay, so Mr. Green is oh god, I don't want to give away the play though. Uh Mr. Green presents himself as a um potentially homosexual Republican who is being bribed. Yeah. For so that it because it's night it's in the 1950s when it, he he's he uh they're they're claiming that he said that he was gonna vote Republican but he didn't in the last election <laughs> so he's being bribed. That's so good. Okay. Okay. What musical theater character do you think that fits to a T? Should I answer or somebody else answers first? Yeah, you go first. So we'll, and then we'll okay, I go first. I think that um, Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors is my perfect Mr. Green. That's a really good one. Interesting. Kevin? Um, I would say that my perfect Mr. Green is uh, Caldwell B. Cladwell from uh, You're, You're in, in Town. town. Okay. <laughs> um, interesting. Um, I think that mine is uh, um, uh, maybe J.B. Bigley, the boss from How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. I like that answer. Okay, okay. I, I, it's like, I, the, my, my reasoning is like, he seems like this big, tough guy, the whole thing, very, very like... Um, very like stolid and like feared everyone feared of him. And then at the end, he's like so excited to get involved in the big, like uh brotherhood of man song. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of where I, I was going. With oh, that. you're playing on the twist. I see how you did there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Brian, you pick a character now and we'll all try to figure out who we think matches that. Uh, Mrs. Peacock. Okay. So in the play, Mrs. Peacock, is the wife of an important U.S. senator. And she, too, is being blackmailed. Oh, this this is easy. The answer to this one is uh, Eulalie McKechnie Shin 
from the music man. That's good. For sure. That's a good one. Uh... Hmm. Well, this is not, this is like a cop-out answer, but I would say any character that Angela Lansbury has ever played. <laughs> I agree. She's got some name in her for sure. Yeah, then that's probably <laughs> Mrs. Peacock. <laughs> oh, God, she went so good. Um, That's a good one. Um, Mine is... Uh, oh, I, I'm... Who's the? I'm picturing like a mayor's wife from a show. Anne Harada and Schmigadoon. <laughs> you know what? That's not what I was thinking. That's exactly who I want. Yeah. There God, you go. She was, she was so good in that show. So good. Oh God, that's, was she good. that's excellent. That's an excellent answer. Oh, so good. So good. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna say uh, Miss Scarlet, who is always my favorite. Okay, Miss Scarlet owns her own brothel, and she too is being blackmailed. Um, so Kevin, you go first on this one. Uh, I went first in the last one, so I think oh, Brian did. has to go Brian's first on this right. one. Okay, cool. Uh, I will say, Madam Morrible. <laughs> okay, okay, Sandy. I think maybe Roxy Hart. Oh, that's a great answer. Roxy's a really good choice. I was going to go with Nancy from Oliver. Okay. That's a good one, too. She's yeah, a little gruffer than Miss Scarlet is, but... Yeah, but, but I see where you're going with that. Yeah, that, no, that's a good one. All right, we have a couple left. Who's next? Uh, Professor Plum. Professor Plum. Tell us about him. Professor Plum uh, is being blackmailed for having a, he's a professor <laughs> and he's being blackmailed for having a relationship with a, uh, with the daughter of his boss, basically, who may or may not be underage, depending on if you're doing the real version or the high school version of the play. Ah, yes. Fair. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Okay. Um, professor Plum as a character, is maybe Willy Wonka? Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, I see that 100%. There's like a... Yeah. Like some something's a little off about that guy. <laughs> sure. Potentially. No, no, I like that. Oh, I have another, a better answer. The man in the yellow, in the, in the yellow from Tuck Everlasting... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. He's maybe more Professor Plum. That's a good one. I was going to say younger brother from Ragtime. Oh, gosh. Uh, cousin Kevin. Is that what his name is? No, I'm saying Cousin Kevin from Tommy. Oh. Oh. Oh, Ooh, you took dark. it there. That was a dark answer. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Ali Hakim first. I don't okay. know why. And then I went I went darker with that one. <laughs> You're like, Rogers and Hammerstein, fun moment. Nah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> dive into some 70s darkness. Yeah. Great. Uh, so who's, wait, we, we did everybody but. 
There's Mrs. White and Colonel Mu- Colonel Mustard. Mrs. White and Colonel Mustard. All right, let's start ladies first. Okay, Mrs. White. So she um, she's had five husbands, all of whom have turned up dead. She's a socialite. Yes. Okay. So is this mm-hmm. jo- Joanne from Company? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, that husband's yeah. socialite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Cheetah Rivera character from um, Kiss of the Spider Woman? Yeah. The Spider Woman? Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you mean the Spider Woman? No, she has a name. Isn't it Aurelia or something? What's Aurelia, her name? yeah. Aurelia. Yeah. I pick Aurelia. I was um, just <laughs> I mean, you could go, I guess, Velma Kelly for that one. If yeah, Velma Kelly's good. She really mm-hmm. was a socialite who killed her husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, literal. Type a little cast. on the nose, Brian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little too much, Brian. <laughs> okay, um, no. Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard, he uh, is a military man, a lifelong military man who is being blackmailed. I don't want to give anything away. So let's just leave it at he's a lifelong military man who's a bit of a buffoon. Oh, I have two answers for this one. Okay, Okay. good. My first answer is General Genghis Khan Schmitz from uh, Suzical. Okay. <laughs> uh, and my second answer is uh, um, the the colonel or whatever it is from uh, Mary Poppins. That was going to be my answer. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the guy who's like, the weather, like, the wind's coming from the east, Captain. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That guy. Totally. So that's a good one. Yeah, I'm just gonna agree with that. That that was a good one. <laughs> I was like trying to think of a couple more, and I was like, no, 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 we're just gonna go with that guy. That guy wins. That's a good game, you guys. I that, like that. That's game. been Clue, Broadway Clue. Woo-hoo. Um, cool. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I guess I know you're working on some stuff now before we, we head out. What's next outside of obviously the, the big uh, Broadway show? Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, Clue is going to launch a national tour in, uh, early next year and as is Mystic Pizza. Um, and then I have a new play that's called The Suffragette's Murder. Um, and that is going to have its world premiere next season as well. So that's exciting too. So yeah, and then I'm working on a bunch of new shows as well, which is always is fun. That, this, this is a silly question, but I really mean, is the title The Suffragettes as like a group commit murder? Or is it like The Suffragettes like, like a suffragette was murdered? Apostrophe S. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. You can take that either way. You could. You totally could. Yeah, you. I guess with that one, you have to see the title to really understand. And that has been... One grammar corner. Yeah, yeah. the big grammar corner with a quick. <laughs> I was like, that could be the suffragette's murder. Yeah, that's <laughs> a very reasonable question. Maybe I need to <laughs> think the title because that's a totally different play. It really is. <laughs> that's amazing. Is this what is? Uh, sorry, is that, I must say, is that one a, a drama? It's not. It's a comedy. 
It is. Um, yeah, I was commissioned by Florida Studio Theater during the pandemic. Um, they were celebrating the 100th anniversary of um, the start of the women's uh, suffrage, women's right to vote. Um, and they said, will you write a play about suffragettes or the suffragist movement? And I said, sure. Can it be a comedy? And they said, yeah. So it, it also it is I would say it is more dramatic than some of my other work. Um, sure. so it, does, it dives into some dark, deeper, deeper topics. But at its at its core, it is a comedy. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's all very exciting. We're super excited to see the cottage. Um, you can, again, you can uh, uh, get tickets. We have put the link in the description below. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. We're really so happy that we got to spend some time with you. Your career is awesome. What you've done and and, and carved out for for yourself and the the joy that you bring so many other people through your work is like truly exceptional. So thank you for taking the time to uh, brighten our evenings. Thank you. That's so nice of you. I was so happy to join you. You guys are awesome. This was super fun. Thanks Thank for you. Me. Of course. Well, you can follow us at Broad Wasted wherever you are on social media. Uh, find us also on our Facebook group. And then, of course, there's Patreon. Um, so you can do that. Um, in addition to that, um, wherever you get your podcasts, um, whether that is uh, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts, rate and review us there. Five stars, um, please. please. And thank you. Um, and then, of course, we end every episode with a quote. We do? Yeah, it's just another Manic Monday. I wish it was Sunday, because that's my fun day. My I don't have to run day. It's just another Manic Monday. I would also argue that Sundays are not, like, a fun day. Uh, I would argue that Saturdays are the fun day, possibly. I agree that like the prime time of the weekend is from like nine thirty Friday evening until like three p.m. Saturday. Like that's fair to me. That's like the time when you're not thinking like work is looming at all. But like as you get into Saturday evening, you're like, no, I have to enjoy this because tomorrow is like the the only buffer. Like take it up with the bangles. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm it's writing a strongly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Sure. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Sandy Rustin with a little underscore after the N. Um, and that's pretty much the only social media I, I use. I think I have a Twitter account. I do have a Twitter account and I do have a Facebook account, but I don't really go on those platforms too much. So Instagram cool. sort of. And I have a website. It's just my name, sandyreston.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. As we end every episode, we raise a glass and we say, um, Cheers. Oh, you cheers. were you did the national tour. You might actually know that. That's from the end of those magic changes. They Zutuwabum. Oh. And so after our very after our very first episode in 2016. Brian was like, and like, let's say Zutuwa bum. And we were like, okay. And that's just become like our cheers for the past like seven years. Love it. It's a little <laughs> dose of nostalgia to end your show. I love it. Exactly. Uh, thank you again. We really appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. This is my pleasure. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. 
This is Lin-Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.